Welcome to the Making Money in the Music Business podcast, where we share insightful views on a variety of topics in the music industry that can help you make more money from your music business. And now, here are your hosts, Dr. William E. Smith and Kenya McGuire Johnson. All right, Kenya, episode 31. Episode 31. How are you, Will? I am doing great. Oh, awesome. Awesome. It's always good to hear when people can just say, I am doing great. Like, you don't hear <laughs> that as much anymore. You hear, well, I'm just uh, making it. You yeah. know, I'm getting by. You know, so I, I love to hear, I'm doing great. Awesome. Yep. Yeah. Just, uh, I, I choose to look at things that um, I'm thankful for. And you have a, you have a choice with your thoughts. You and that's correct. what I choose. You are you are more than correct. Yeah. <laughs> so what are we well, doing today? What's what's happening? Well, uh, since all this hullabaloo <laughs> about the <laughs> uh, the Quincy Jones interview, uh, yeah. I thought that it'd be good to start uh, or at least give our perspectives on uh, some of the things that he said. Not all of the things. We're not going to touch some things, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you can read the article. But uh, yeah, but at least um, as it pertains to what we're talking about in terms of making money in the music business, um, he said some really key things. And I think that uh, it's worth expounding on those so people can get a perspective. So, um, but before we do that, I think you have a music tip. Ah, it's my turn. And we gave a bunch of really great tips last week. So it's kind of right, hard right. to keep on giving these tips. No, just right. Playing. But um, <laughs> now we'll just break down the tips into many tips. <laughs> <laughs> but um, one tip uh, that I think that everybody who's, you know, an artist trying to do things, they need to make sure, make sure you have a really solid bio. Mm. And yeah. And with that bio, you really need two versions. You need a short version of your bio and you need a more lengthy version of your bio and your bio, you know, a lot of people, when you go and you look at other people's bios uh, or artists bios, you're going to see the whole gamut. Like you'll see from when I was two, I started, you know, blowing into a horn to, Mm -hmm. (laughs) to, you know, I opened for, you know, Diana Ross. I mean, you know, there's, I mean, you'll see like this kind of gamut. And so that can be kind of, it can be very tough sometimes for um, beginning artists or, you know, to, to get their bios together. Cause it's also like, if you're beginning, it's like, well, what have I done? Mm-hmm. <laughs> or if you're an artist that's been doing things for a while, it's like, well, how much do I include? What do I leave off? What do I include? So whatever the case may be, you really need to sit down and make sure you have a strong um, bio that is easily accessible um, from the pu- for the public, as well as you know, again, when you're trying to consider booking and the 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 big things, um, and, and not just booking, but reviews. Anytime anybody's going to be talking about you, um, and they want to know about you, they're going to want to be able to readily see your bio, so mm-hmm. that um, they don't have to keep asking you questions on email. I mean, you should be able to go to the bio and get a nice little background, and that's why I also say you need two versions. Um, so that those people who are doing reviews or who are thinking about featuring you on something or trying to book you or whatever, 
um, it's just always easier if they can read something that's short and quick and succinct. And people love so. easy. Yes. <laughs> as long as you're making people's jobs easier, oh, man, right. they'll, they'll, they'll keep calling you back and they'll keep using you. Right. So, and, and the thing is about there is an art, though, to writing a bio like there's a, a, a you know, and so um, if you're needing help, that's actually one of the new services that we're offering at Creating Crimson. I have an actual bio writer um, who is um, she specializes in doing bios for, you know, people who are very active, been in the business a long time to people who are beginning. And I think she does a really good job with those who are beginning, particularly because a lot of times that's a harder space to kind of figure out a solid bio. So well, we're offering a, that two tips now. on that. Okay. Um, the, uh, and I, don't, I hope I'm not giving away your, uh, <laughs> your, 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 uh, person's information. No, no, but, no, no, that's all right. But no, there, there's, there's one way as a beginning artist, and this is what I teach my students, um, in my music business class. Uh, and actually their, their project is due, uh, next week <laughs> on their, <laughs> on, on their bios. On their bios. Good. Um, it's it's basically if you're a beginning artist and you don't have all these um, experiences and, and uh, things on your resume, uh, one way to really add flash and flair to your bio is to list who you sound like. Right. And that's what people programmers and, and booking agents look for. Um, they just look for names. And yes, name dropping, that's just the industry. Uh, you, you catch people's ears when you name drop and, yep. um, you know, you, you gotta, you have to do it in a certain way. You can't do it. Well, that, that was what I was going to say that, yeah. you know, I think the challenge of it all is putting it in a way that is succinct, um, that's organized, um, right. that's clear, but that's also creative enough where you grab the attention, but not so creative that we don't know what you're talking about. Right. So, <laughs> right. There you so go. yeah, no, definitely the sounds like is huge. Um, and that's a good lesson for even for you, like to kind of figure mm-hmm. out where do you land? And, you know, one of the things, you know, with our, the, the writer that's um, on our team at creating crimson, she um, can also proofread and, and, you know, just there review you yeah, so let's say you do have something, but you you're not sure if it's, you know, we worded can, we right, can, right. Yeah. We can proof that, and then you know, give some suggested edits and and all yep. of that. So, so if and, you just uh, if you have questions, you know, and you're interested in maybe doing, you know, getting some tips, you know, again, just you can email us at info at creatingcrimson dot com, and just remember that I do free thirty minute consultations for a first time. Um, you know, people who are coming to us. So this is not something where you got to go, Oh Lord, I got to get my piggy bank out. No, we can do Mm -hmm. a quick consultation just to kind of better understand where you're at and what we need to do. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, I'll I'll add one more, uh, one more thing as, uh, your bio. Yes, you have two versions on your bio, but I actually have like four, (laughs) six different bios. Uh, reason being, uh, e- each thing you do in the music industry, you need a bio for it. Yeah. So yep. if you're yep, an yep, artist, yep. I have an artist bio that's two versions. I have uh, uh, an author bio that's two versions. Yeah. Uh, you know, speaking vi- bio that's two. So you know, if, for everything you do in the industry, have those two versions, short and long. Exactly. Form. Exactly. Yeah, I, I have a couple of bios too. I, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yep. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. All, All right, right so well, what's the dealio with this Quincy Jones yeah, article? Let's get into it. 
Well, what he said, uh, a lot of different things, but I, I think just for people just to get a perspective is to understand this, that this, um, this, uh, icon has been in the industry <laughs> for, uh, decades and has seen a lot of the different changes in the industry and has been a fly on the wall, literally, um, for a lot of different, from a lot of different perspectives in society. So he's, uh, like he said, he lived next door to Pablo Picasso and, and his wife, and he would go over and visit. And I mean, just levels of, uh, of society. He's seen all the uh, different aspects of it. And, um, I think the perspective is, is, is good to have to understand that he came from pretty much poverty. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, the South side of Chicago. My dad actually grew up in the South side of Chicago. It's the same time period. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was reading his, uh, his commentary on, on, uh, on that time. He said that Compton and all these other places had nothing on Chicago in the thirties. And right. he walked down the street one time and he was stabbed in the hand and in the neck. And, uh, you know, it was just like as a kid, and uh, it was crazy. I actually talked to my dad about it. And I said, so did you ever get jumped, dad? And a story I never heard from my father. He said, yeah, he was he was delivering papers across the street and some dude stabbed him. Wow. And uh, the only thing that saved him, he had a thick coat on. Mm. So Good it's grief. just like, yeah, yeah. So uh, Quincy has went through that. And then of course he went down South. They, uh, after all the craziness, they, his, and his mom was, I guess, committed to a mental institution. Um, they moved him down to, to, well, I forgot where it was South down South somewhere, but, uh, his grandmother and he was, they were eating rats. Mm. So yeah, you talking about levels of poverty and, uh, then he just goes to the extreme of right right so he's as i said he's been on both both extremes yeah now i i think just to give context if you if you have not been following kind of um there was an interview done by um i want to say it's by vulture vulture vulture.com um and you know you can pretty much just google quincy jones interview and it's gonna pop up but just make sure you find the one that's done on vulture.com and it, it it sounds like the uh, person who interviewed him's name is David uh, Marchese. And he, um, I do think that it was done at two different kind of times. So he tried to kind of merge it all into right. one Q&A interview. And what, what allowed this to kind of become a big buzz on social media and had people really engaged is that um, he asked Quincy some pretty, um, kind of basic questions, but then Quincy gave some pretty frank um, yeah, <laughs> answers responses. and yeah responses. <laughs> and I, I think that the interviewer maybe he just kind of you know he he followed his lead, Quincy Jones's lead, and kind of would dig just a little bit more just to hear what Quincy's thoughts were. Um, and you know, I think two big things: if you don't know about Quincy Jones, well, you need to go and find out who. He- Mm-hmm. Who research, he is, just find out. Research yeah. and find out the different artists you know he has worked with. If you can find one that he hasn't, you know, worked with, that'd be right, amazing. Right. 
But, um, you know, I think his biggest claim to fame, I guess, is, you know, that really kind of was Michael Jackson that really got him at least into the whole kind of more mainstream um, awareness um, Mm -hmm. back in the 80s. Um, But he's an insane producer and musician. And, you know, he's 84, 85, 86, is 85, 86, somewhere in there. 85, I think, yeah. 85. And so you can already do the math on that um, in terms of how long he has been in the industry and and at the level that he has been in the industry. Obviously, he has, you know, seen a lot. And um, so the interview was just, you know, very candid. And, you know, you had some people that thought, oh, Quincy's losing his mind. I heard people saying that. I heard a lot of people getting way more into the things that he talked about with maybe some behaviors that certain artists <laughs> have yeah. displayed that he's worked with, you know, from Michael Jackson. He talks about, um, he even goes as far as mentioned some things about Marvin Gaye and Richard Pryor, but that really wasn't to me the heart of the matter, which is what kind of got me a little flustered on social media when people were trying to talk more about what he said about somebody and what they did as opposed to what he was really trying to get to, which is, you know, what, what are the problems with today's music or what are the issues? What are, you know, what does, what's in his opinion, where are we at? And I think that's why I would say, you know, as an artist to go And if you haven't read the article to go so you can hear from somebody who literally from jazz to bebop to, you know, pop to to soul to whatever has has extensively worked in this industry Um, and to kind of hear the yeah, the candidness is, you know, he's 85. So Uh that was the part that was kind of I'm like, if you've been around anybody past the age of 80, um, particularly a black man, you know, you're going to. Open up and tell you just like it is. Yeah, just like it is. There's why not? You know what? What does he have to lose? So, um, so yeah. I I, I think that was that was the the thing that really um, that that stuck out to me. I guess was that uh, because he lived the extremes, um, Mm -hmm. and then he also had brushes with death like several times. Mm -hmm. You know, but besides that time being a kid, and then. Uh, he got invited to a house when he was living in California to go to a party and he just completely forgot about it. And then his friend called him the next day and said, everybody in that house was killed. It was a mob hit. Mm. Um, you know, he, he had a lot of brushes with he also uh, had brain cancer, didn't he? I, I want to well, say no, that, it was an aneurysm. It was an aneurysm. That's what so, I said. It was some kind of brain injury, but yeah, he yeah. was a trumpet player uh, and trumpet player and a ranger, but I mean, you know what it takes to get to a certain level on your instrument and then to be told by the doctors that you can't play anymore because yeah. you'll, uh, you know, the aneurysm will burst and pretty much yeah. you'll die. You know, he, that, those, those, I guess those things, those adversities that, uh, that came into his life, it, it didn't phase him. You know, he continued to, uh, to produce on such a high level and and to look at life from a perspective of uh what can i do not why can't i do you know right and uh he that that's pretty much one of the things a couple of the things that stood out um to me but uh there there's some other key things that i think uh musicians need or artists just need to pay attention to um that he said and one is about taking the music seriously yeah. and 
that's one of the things he said about today's artists and, and not even just today's artists because he called the Beatles out. You know, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. uh, he called Ringo Starr out by by not, uh, you know, being such a good drummer. And they had to hire somebody to come in and play over his part. So mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And, you know, he's saying that you you have to develop your art, your instrument or your art. And um, I think one of the things he said about the hip hop artists who did um, a tribute album to him, they didn't come correct. He says <laughs> they, they didn't step up to the plate. They didn't do their research. They didn't, you know, and he was just calling folks out. And I think that's, that's one of his main commentaries. Um, and I got a quote from him. He said, since I was very young, I've played all kinds of music, bar mitzvah music, Susan marches, strip club music, jazz, pop, <laughs> everything. I didn't have to learn a thing to do Michael Jackson. Right, right. So, I mean. Well, it's interesting. I was just, um, and I'm so glad you used that quote because I was listening to somebody talking about kind of how um, when you're really, really, when you've really studied your craft, whether it be, you know, in music as an art, uh, as a visual artist or, you know, as a designer, whatever it is, when you've really studied your craft and you know it and you're and you've done a lot within it and around it, when you're asked to do things um it becomes not that it's simple per se, but you can produce pretty quickly. And and it's mm-hmm. not because, oh my God, you're just such a genius. You just did it on the spot. It's because you've studied this so much and, and, and it's so much of, of a part of what you do and who you are that your level to reproduce or to, to, you know, come up with something or create is readily available at your fingertips. Like it's right there. Right. Right. And so, you know, whereas if you haven't really studied and you really haven't done much to dig in and to go around, you know, it, you, you can rack your brain forever trying to kind of, and and it may not even be that this thing was so hard as much as you haven't developed maybe enough within the craft where you can kind of readily produce quality. Now, now I'm not just saying come up with just stuff, but like right, with, right. with Michael, you know, pop music, if you really listen to pop music, it's, you know, it's, it's a very simple, I mean, it's one, two, three, four, like it's, it's simple mm-hmm. patterns. It's, you know, it's incredibly repetitious. So it's not like you're doing all these major shifts and changes and progressions and, you know, you're staying pretty much right there. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I hear why he would say that it was simple. Um, but the beauty is because his craft, was so vast that he made simple great you know what i mean like right, he could exactly. use he could do he had so many resources to pull from that that the general ear you know saw it as just wow and catchy and great but because he knew not only music so well he also knows what the ear <laughs> mm-hmm. is going to be drawn to, you know, um, uh, and what's going to make people kind of tune in. And I think he talks a little bit about that is what allows people to tune into your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it became it, it, that, that becomes easy. And I, you know, you can either be bored with doing that then I think as an artist, when things become easy, you yeah. know, where you just kind of, Oh, well, this is another, whatever, Um, And I I do think that musicians sometimes experience that, um, 
you know, where we get into, I, 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 I was listening to another guy who was a musician being interviewed and he was saying how he was a guitarist and how he wanted to be the greatest guitarist ever. <laughs> and so he wanted to be the, he said he wanted to be the fastest guitarist, like to be able to play okay. just really, really, really fast. And so he said, and I got really good at that, really, really good at that. And like, it was kind of amazing. He's like, but then I only became a musician's musician. Like people could no longer really access what I was doing because right. I had gotten right. so far into my craft in one dimension that it didn't allow, it no longer was really music (laughs) for, for the listeners. So, um, I, which I thought was, you know, I was really glad he brought that up because I think that that can happen to musicians, you know, trying to push that limit so far because they're just trying to kind of entertain their themselves and their own greatness that then you start losing, you know, the audience, losing your audience and the audience is is really where you get your support and, and the feedback really, um, and you, you right. so you have to balance that. And, I, and there's been few a few musicians who've been able to do that uh, to to still grab an audience's ear and right. uh, and but still make challenging music. And right. um, yeah, and I, I point uh, one of one of the musicians I listen to a lot on that that end is uh, Pat Metheny. He yeah. was he's able to to yeah. really keep things melodic, but uh, yeah. still has a level of uh, of of challenge um, challenges your ear to a right. certain degree. But uh, but yeah, he uh, one of the things he said is that producers are ignoring um, the innovation that has gone before. Mm. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I think that that really hit hit home. It's just a matter of we're saying a lot of the same similar things about listening uh, to more stuff, listening to more music and and really paying attention to what's going on. And Mm -hmm. that's sort of what he was getting at is that. uh, the, I think the interviewer asked him, is there, is there any innovation in pop music? And he said, no. So, <laughs> uh, right. um, I, I would say, uh, that there is, I think the main innovation is the sounds are the mm-hmm. sounds, the sounds that are being produced. I think a lot of, uh, sound designers are creating different, um, sound patches and, and instrument sounds, but, um, uh, it's in terms of like the music, you know, the actual music, uh, it's pretty much the same formula. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a conundrum because, you know, what's happened is, is kind of like which came first, the chicken or the egg. But but what's come, what's happening at this point is, you know, people have bills. People have, right. <laughs> they have cars, they have, you know, debt, they have things. And so they're like, how can I make, I've got to make money, you know, I've got to live. Um, and so, you know, some of these you know, spending time really researching and trying to listen to everything and come up with, you know, this great production based on blah, blah, blah. A lot for a lot of people, you know, like I don't have time for that. Like I got to get, you know, I, I'm, I need to, you know, or this one thing worked for me so well, I had such a major hit. I just need to kind of reproduce that to a certain extent so that I can. And so it, it, you know, you start, you, you know, that's when, that's when the art, becomes just kind of the job and you know i think a lot of that happens in current music you know they're following the dollar so strong um that it's really hard to you know follow the craft and i i I think you know in pop music particularly i think certain genres like a jazz you know classical like they just don't lend themselves if you don't know the craft you're not you can't even play the you can't even play the genre so (laughs) so they lend themselves in that but i think those musicians like quincy who have been able to be so successful both in the jazz space as well as the popular space 
um, you know, it would be very difficult to not say what he's saying. You know what I mean? Because Mm -hmm. there's so much that goes into understanding craft in those genres that he's worked in. And, you know, a lot of people are not understanding how you pull from these different genres to go into other spaces, you know, to still create music that fits, you know, this, these, these genres. But yeah, I, I was, I, I think what the biggest take home for me, the biggest, and I was trying to find, I'm looking at the article and I don't know where the, but he basically said that we're losing, it was about how, you know, we're losing a sense of understanding the song, Mm. And that, you know, the song is the most important part and that the singer is just the messenger. Right. And right. what's what's happening is we're making the singer and the producer the most important part. And then the song is like the the secondary thing. Mm. Um, and I think as artists and I kind of said this a little bit last in our last podcast, but we have to be really, really careful to to make the song first and to, you know, when, when we're in the, you know, in the process of, you know, writing songs or, you know, releasing music or whatever, that the song and the content of the song really is the leader. And then you as the singer or as the producer or whatever, you're kind of following its lead so that you can get the message of the song out. You're the interpreter. Mm-hmm. You're the, but if the song really has no true character or integrity or, or whatever to it, it becomes, you know, becomes difficult, one, as the singer to bring that out. And then two, it now starts to become about the singer. And mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we start. And, and, and nowadays, because I think music education is lacking so strong, people really do think that it's about the singer. Like, that's what it's about. And it's like, well, in fact, no. Like, in fact, <laughs> you know, in <laughs> fact, they're kind of the messenger of the, you know, I'm trying to tell you a story. Right, you right. know, and I'm trying to give you, you know, and, and I got to tell you a whole story in three minutes, three to four minutes. Um, it needs an arc, it needs a beginning, it needs to end. And on top of it, you need to feel connected to it. And I only have three to four minutes to do it. And yep. that is when you really think about that is like, whoa, you know, and it needs to be one that not only that I can tell it in that, but that you're going to want to hear over and over and over again. And so <laughs> that means you better yeah, well, have a pretty significant song there so that I'm willing to hear the message. You see what I mean? Like uh-huh. over and oh, yeah. over. Um, and I thought that I was so happy to hear him say that because I, you know, for me, you know, when I hear music, you know, the singer is very secondary for me. Like I, you know, I listen to things all day long who I have no idea who these people are. Like I'll go on, you know, Spotify and these discovered thing. And I can't even pronounce some of these people because some of the people's names, they're not American. <laughs> and so forth. But what's so fascinating, it's the song that got mm-hmm. me drawn in and, and, and the music and the arrangement and then the lyric. And then I'll look at, okay, who did this? And then I'll only kind of look at who did this so that I have kind of a reference point to keep hearing more maybe right, of, right. of that. Um, but it's not the singer that, 
you know, first now there are legends that yes, when you get to that point, I'm going to, when, if Sharday releases something, I'm going to go listen to it, you know, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to hear what she has to say. Um, and then, so that works. So maybe a little bit backwards. And I think we get a little bit more forgiving, you know, when we have icons like Prince and Stevie and, you know, maybe, you know, their music changed through the years and it's maybe not as, you know, profound as it was in the past, but we go to it. But that took years and years to get to the point where you paid attention to the singer first. It was their songs first that made them, you know, who they were. So yeah, and, and I think as a that. musician um, uh, who plays music without lyrics a lot of times, um, I think you, there's, a, there's still the same approach. You play it uh, as a song. There's this, this famous quote about, um, I think it was Ben Webster, who was um, playing and uh, I'm not, hopefully I'm right with the name, but it's either, it's either Ben, Ben, Web- I mean, with the, I know the name, but the musician, I think it was Ben Webb. I don't think it was Coleman Hawkins. I think it was Ben Webster, but he was playing um, a ballad and the, uh, then he just, and they were recording it and he just stopped playing. And um, the, the person in the booth said, what happened? And he said, uh, I forgot the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> so, he he was singing the the lyrics of the song in his head while he was playing it. So that's wow. uh, at, right. as a musician, that's sort of the 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 rub is that you need to be able to to bring the emotionality of the song uh, into it with your instrument. And even though if the song doesn't have lyrics, um, you still have a vibe that you're trying to approach, and you're, you're still, still telling, telling a story. story. Exactly. You're still telling a story. I was going to ask you. I know that you. I mean, the way we met was in a choir, so that mm-hmm. means you've got a little vocal ability going, William. I'm even though he mostly talks about being an <laughs> instrumentalist. But I find I don't know, and this is maybe just you know, this is totally my opinion. I've never researched this at all, so I could be completely wrong. But I find those musicians, those instrumentalists who also sing and mm-hmm. who've had to perform, you know, actually sing lyrics outside of their mouth and not just in their head, tend to be more. Um, I don't want to say better musicians or instrumentalists, but. Um, their musicality within their instruments is different. It's, it's just right. different. I know when right. I play, you know, when I play with musicians or, or instrumentalists who I know also sing, um, their ability to play with me and, and give me the space I need and, and come in when they, you know, and be stronger in some areas and dynamics. Like I just see that they're more keen on that because they can, appre- in my head, I'm thinking it's because they can appreciate the vocal um, what what the vocal support really needs, right? Um, and they also can interpret their instrument just a little Through bit differently, lens, yeah. Yeah, yeah, from that lens. And so I always love when I can play with instrumentalists who also sing. Um, and but that's the uh, I, that's the first instrument, right? I mean, your, their yeah. voice is the first instrument. So before we created all these other things, uh, everybody was using the voice, and mm-hmm. yeah, we clapped our hands for the rhythm, but um, mm-hmm. you know, that, that was, that was it. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And I, I think that's very telling then in terms of, you know, um, when you're thinking about, you know, yourself as an artist and your ability to do various things and training your ear and all of these things, you know, consider, you know, if you're an instrumentalist, consider, you know, the lyrics. And, and, and if you don't do that, think about that for a minute, mm-hmm. the same kind of space for, for people who sing, um, and don't necessarily play an instrument. 
which is probably the most clientele that I work with in, in terms of coaching is mostly vocalist. And one of the things that I really try to urge uh, singers to do is to spend more time listening to music, not just singers, <laughs> but right, listening right. to instrumentalists. And there's a lot of reason for that. Um, I mean, there's a lot of things you can do as a vocalist within that, whether it be that you vocally try to come up with melodies while, you know, hearing instrumentals or cause that can also kind of push, but it pushes your ear and mm -hmm. you know, the ear is so, Oh my gosh. It's so critical. And when, when I when I meet young people that are trying to get into music or even with my kids, you know, I'm constantly pushing their ear because I'm like, you know, if you can train that ear to hear certain things, there's so you're just going to be such I mean, I, your, your ear is just so critical, like for and not just, oh, yeah, I hear the sound, but being able to follow music in a way where you've pretty much trained your ear to know what to kind of pick up on and, you know, right. Right. And the well, nuance. I, of I, I use the analogy of food uh, mm -hmm. when I deal with music, because I, I say you need to, to widen your palate right. and you need to right. taste different foods because there's, there's foods out there that you've never tasted before, but you would love. Mm -hmm. And if, if you just came across it, across it and experienced it it's, at some point, then, you know, and that's pretty much the same thing with music. You need to start listening to different styles, yeah. uh, just broadening your, your ear palate. And, right. uh, and, and you'll, you know, you'll find things that are amazing. And, you know, that's, that's what I love when, when, you, when students come to me and they say, uh, well, they, there's some artists that I really enjoy and, uh, they say they've never heard of them. And I said, well, okay, <laughs> let me sit you down and let, let you listen to this. Just a little bit. <laughs> You know, yeah. and, you, and you show them what to listen for and right. then they start seeing it and hearing it. And it's like, wow, you know, their, their right. whole world has changed. So, right. I mean, you can always tell a musician who does that because their influence is the way that they're they're writing. Everything is is different. You know, you, you just, you know, when mm -hmm. that, when that's the case and no, I'm a huge, you know, that's how I was taught um, right, you know, in right. music. I, I definitely was taught to listen and I was and not and beyond listening I had to perform you know from madrigals mm -hmm. to mm -hmm. <laughs> you know to jazz to soul to gospel to pop to you know I mean to all of that and so yeah that's what I you know listen to but I, I do think that you know as our, those who are listening to this podcast and who are trying to build and still figure things out, you know, go look at this article, but look at it from the lens of a musician. And so that you can actually pick up on what Quincy Jones is right. trying to say about the craft. And, and, yeah. you know, I think we are getting just ridiculously caught up into the dumbest fluff in the entire world, mm -hmm. you know, finding, I mean, he does, he mentions about certain people and their sexual behavior and preferences. And he goes into, you know, how, you know, certain people lied and greedy, you know, but that's, that's human behavior. And, you know, the day somebody can show me somebody who hasn't done something that somebody you know? else wouldn't like, you know, then maybe I, okay. But you know, that's who, not possible. <laughs> who hasn't, who hasn't done something, throw the first stone, you know what oh I mean? My so gosh. everybody's over here throwing uh, stones. Like, and we get you know? so caught up in that. We get yep. so caught up in that and we lose the message constantly, constantly. We're so easily distracted. And so I, you know, I was, I was disappointed to see how quickly people grabbed onto the superficial 
you know, yeah. buzzy stuff that was in that article. Cause then you, you're missing such, I mean, how often in this day and age do we get a nice long Q and a with Quincy Jones? I mean, yeah. that's, that's just, that doesn't really happen where it's, where it's featured on mainstream media. Very rare, very, very rare for things like that to happen. So we have to listen with a different, with a different intent. And I just want to address two things he said in the interview real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he was talking about uh, Cindy Lauper on the We Are the World um, thing, <laughs> and uh, and you know what? People stand out who who are um, either complaining or not trying to to uh, be a part of something, uh, yeah. and you got to realize a lot of times, especially if, if if a big person in the industry is calling you to do something, you yeah. know, and, and it's for a larger purpose. You know, you got to check your ego at the door and uh, <laughs> and and be professional. You know what I mean? And, yeah. uh, and and I think that was a lesson for everybody is that um, if if you're joining a project and let's let's say you had some acclaim, say you had some success, um, mm-hmm. you still need to serve the project. So yeah. regardless, like you said, Not serve the you. song. <laughs> yes, serve, serve the project serve the project. And, uh, and I think that was a very key, key thing. And that go, that goes all the way down to, even if it's not a big thing, even if you're part of a band, you gotta, you gotta function in the band. It's not about you and playing solos all the time. Oh my God. Jesus. Jesus. (laughs) So serve the music. Serve the music. I, and I'm so glad you, yeah. Thank you for bringing that up. Um, in terms of bringing it all the way down to, the simple level of, of, you know, when you're in a band or even as a vocalist, you know, serve the song, right. And, you know, you know, I love to rearrange music. I'm all about that, making it into your own, you know, I get that it's it's necessary to do that. But when you start doing it it, as a disservice to the song and the song loses, it, it doesn't, it no longer becomes about the song, but it's now becomes about you. Um, you know, my goodness, yeah. it's just, and you will get people will, you know, cause people, people will give you your little accolades for that. But, um, you know, I just, I believe in longevity and, and authenticity. And I think, you know, if you get too caught up in yourself, you're going to lose those things, you know, quickly, you're, you're not going to blast. And, um, and that, that know, fruit, that's not the sweetest fruit on the tree. It's not the sweetest fruit. And you it takes it too time. Early. You right. That's what I was just going to say. It takes time <laughs> for that thing, that thing to, to ripen up. Yeah. But, um, you know, you, you have to, you have to honor that. And I, you know, one of the things that I learned really early in music, and I pray that young people are still, um, being taught this and that our, that our educators like you, Dr. Smith are really pushing to young musicians, you know, the whole, um, concept of, of humility Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, artist courtesy um, and, you know, the, you know, the just the being the modesty part. I know that in our choir that we met um, at Howard, um, the gospel choir, um, HGC, I'll give a little shout out. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> our director, if there was I, I, I mean, his his he was that's a whole nother podcast to talk about him, but. The, the thing that, I mean, completely for me just was immediate was you better, you better humble yourself and, yep. and learn, yep. you know, like, and stop trying to be the star of this. This isn't about you. This is about the music. This is about the song. And this is about you trying to figure out how you best can interpret it. 
And, um, and if you didn't humble yourself, he would humble you quick. Okay, quick. <laughs> like lightning. Like, did yeah. I just get struck? Did I just, did I just get hit? <laughs> and, and, and the beauty of it, too, was um, he gave everybody that that had had a, a decent voice a shot at a solo yeah and it, and it wasn't like every one person got all the solos you know right and right. uh in yeah, fact so he would make you like he yeah would, he would bring he you would out call, yeah. right he would call you out he would say all right you know kenya who's a soprano i want you to sing that tenor line out loud right now and i'm like oh jesus yep. so he's now calling you out only not all on your your vocal or whatever but how well were you listening you know are you listening you should know every part even though you sing soprano you need to know what the tenors are doing so that you know how to best compliment that exactly and i you know that just taught me i I can't even begin to tell you you know Mm -hmm. of you know and i had done a lot of music prior to that and that was that was extracurricular i won't get no that wasn't a class yeah that wasn't even a class (laughs) But it got he got so much to the heart of you as a human that yeah. you wanted to show up. Your integrity, your character, all of that was on the line. So, no, you weren't getting a grade, but your you was being put on the line. And I, I think as musicians, we, you know, no, you're not getting a grade for this per se. Right. But but your you, you know, to be called as an artist on this earth, particularly in this day and time, is a huge, it's a huge deal. Um, because you're being asked to interpret stories for people to feel more connected and for people to heal and for people to feel find joy and mm-hmm. for people, you know, and so that's an awesome responsibility. And so you you owe it to the craft to stick to the craft, because that's what people really that's what people ultimately need, even though they don't know that's what they need. Yep. You know, that's you. You have to be the one interpreting that. So. Amen. Yeah, that's beautiful. Well, yeah, we we hit some great, great points on this one. That was. uh, Yeah, yeah, no, I enjoyed it. I'm glad we were able to talk about it. And, um, you know, we the last I guess all of our beginning um, episodes. Oh, wait a minute, guys. I have a you probably can't hear it, but my little alarm went off. But anyway, Mm. all our episodes, (laughs) all our episodes this uh, starting in 2018 have been you know, hearing our lovely voices, but we're going to be, we have started to get some confirmations of some amazing artists and music industry people who will be joining us. Yeah. I believe starting, um, episode 32. So, um, wow. I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to be a, a a beautiful year. Get ready for all the, the knowledge, the, uh, insights you're going to get from all these people that are going to come up. And, uh, yeah, yeah I, I can't wait to, to hear some of these things either. Me too. Me too. So I, so yeah, so stay tuned. And, um, again, you know, make sure you're rating and reviewing us. If you're on iTunes, listening to us and sharing it takes like a second, right. Just to kind of give your little quick, you know, check off four star, three star, five star, five star, five star. <laughs> Just keep checking that out. And when you leave reviews, you know, there's not a whole heck of a lot of music industry, you know, podcast. I mean, there's music industry podcasts out there, but um, we're small and, you know, we want to make sure we're getting on people's radars. So make sure you do that and keep visiting, uh, you know, Dr. Smith's website. He's got a plethora of you know a lot of these things we're talking about he has it in written format Mm -hmm. for you to go back and read and that's you know making money in the music biz 
um, dot com and then creating crimson, you know, dot com. We I'm here to help you along the way, too. And, and as I said, we have some new services um, that we're rolling out that can, you know, just further support you from website design, bios, um, live performance, video shoots, all of those 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 basic things that you need to kind of get your career moving and help you to win 2018. <laughs> win you're a winner w that's what we doing <laughs> yep so beautiful well, well thank you for another great one and i'm uh, looking forward to next week absolutely talk to you guys soon bye bye thank you for listening and we hope you've enjoyed this podcast episode please leave us a comment on our page If you would like to contact us about a specific topic, you can email us at info at creatingcrimson.com or drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbizbiz.com. If you would like to schedule a consultation session with Creating Crimson, you can fill out the contact form at the bottom of the website at creatingcrimson.com. If you would like registration services, for your music project, you can visit makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com and go to the registration services page. Please fill out the contact form and we will get back with you promptly. If you are interested in advertising on our podcast, please send us an email at drwsmith at makingmoneyinthemusicbiz.com.